guys welcome to the kfo show kayak fishing obsessed if you love kayak fishing or just love fishing guys you're in the right place tonight because i have alex rudd in the house and uh we've already had we probably talked 10 minutes as we do kind of our tech check prior to this and uh, it's already been a blast for me so hopefully going to transfer that over guys i'm excited about tonight um and excited about the weeks to come next week we got chad hoove dog millionaire coming in so that's gonna be next tuesday night and i got a big announcement um there and uh, yeah, so I am pumped, guys. I want to first start off. I just want to thank the sponsor of the show, usrivermaps.com. See that map over my shoulder if you're on the podcast. Go check out usrivermaps.com. And just some pretty sweet, if you love like rivers and streams, and um, these are some of the most detailed maps that you can find out there. Printed on canvas, nice stuff. And got a gift for you, $35 off. Um, the guy who, Jeff, um, he's a friend, he's a listener, he's starting a small business. So go check him out. And if you got any questions about it, well, he's probably on tonight, so you can just ask him, ask him yourself. But um, guys, I am pumped. I have Alex Rudd. Alex, welcome to the show, my man. Dude, I was I was googling the U.S. River Maps thing because that's actually really cool. Um, I'll just be totally honest. That's what I was doing as soon as you <laughs> in here. Like that is dope, and I really want one now. <laughs> like that's that's awesome. Like I am I'm a I'm a geek for any kind of like topographic or any kind of map period. And like so is my dad. My dad in his office over at his house has like six maps hanging around his office of all the different lakes and rivers around us and so like it's they're just dope and so i may have to order me a uh, u.s river maps using your little your little code there because that's that's pretty freaking dope oh yeah right on well um welcome from tennessee hey and uh guys if you don't know fifty thousand subs 5.3 million views and i want to hear the journey this is one of my favorite questions asked when i bring people on who do youtube because obviously i do it as well yeah. and i'm always curious i mean tell the story because I know your first video is six years ago, like surf mm -hmm. something. You were surf fishing mm -hmm. without mm -hmm. the beard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Funny, and uh, I want to know where it took off for you. Like for any of us out there listening, like, okay, how much work do you got to put up on the front end to really see the gains in the long term? <laughs> what was that journey like for you? Man, it's it's been, uh, I mean, I, it's been crazy, to be honest with you. You know, it's kind of cliche to say that, right? You know, everybody has their story on, on how it went, you know, and I didn't have like a meteoric rise. Like I've, I've scratched and clawed and climbed my way to the top the hard way. You know, I was never one for trends. I was never one to fall into what everybody else was doing. I just want to do what Alex wanted to do. And, you know, I did it that way, you know, but, uh, when I first started YouTube, to be totally honest with you, it was not, I didn't like start a YouTube channel and go, I'm going to do YouTube for a living and I'm going to be a YouTube guy and I'm going to have a podcast and Instagram and, you know, do all this stuff. I just didn't like I, I, I went into it because I thought, well, this thing is cool. You know what I mean? And this kind of reminds me of some other things that I thought were cool. And I, I just wanted to put videos out on the Internet. And I've told this story a bunch of times. So for anybody that's heard it, I do apologize because it is it is one that I've told a bunch. But what got me into the YouTube thing and making videos about fishing was actually freestyle motocross. And so when I was a kid, I used to love, we used to ride four-wheelers and dirt bikes. And, you know, we were just a bunch of redneck kids who like hunting, fishing, and riding stuff way too fast. You know what I mean? And getting muddy. And so when I was a kid, me and my buddies would watch these freestyle motocross, you know, like VHS tapes of these dudes out in the middle of the desert, like backflipping over sand dunes and stuff like that. And, you know, we also watched like, you know, skateboard videos, you know, like Bam Margera's stuff and Tony Hawk's old oh, yeah. stuff. I mean, like the old school stuff, like before these dudes were who they were, you know, and they would make these like almost montages of cool crap that they did or stuff that went wrong. And it would be like put over to like punk rock music. You know what I mean? And so like when I got into the fishing thing, what's funny is that, surf fishing video i don't even know like there's a bunch of other videos that youtube has taken down because they all had 
like you know copyrighted music on them oh it it wasn't your first no it's not my first and that's what sucks is i didn't realize that because i always thought those videos were still there and it kind of makes me wish i had downloaded them because i guess they're just like gone now you know what i mean because like i don't i guess they just purged them and got rid of them but there was a bunch of videos before that it was just like me and my dad and like i'm just like hook setting to you know every fish catch is like hook set to like screaming rock music you know what i mean and like that's what got me on youtube and i just was doing it because it was fun like i loved the like almost i love fishing you know i mean i've always loved fishing i mean since i was before i even knew what fishing was my dad had a rod in my hand you know and he still that love of angling into me and so all i ever really wanted to do was fish you know i played some sports and like I said, we rode dirt bikes and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, the thing that we always did was go fishing. That's what I've always loved to do for as long as I can remember. My dad has always been into fishing, always had a bass boat. He was a big tournament angler when I was a kid. And so I wanted to combine like what I thought was cool at the time, which was like this counterculture kind of punk rock, you know, scene with the fishing scene. And I started putting it on YouTube and, you know, I just put them out there. And like one video ended up getting like a thousand or 2000 views. And like, I was like, oh my God. And the most famous thing on planet earth. Like, you yeah. know, like at the time I had no idea. And, you know, people were commenting, they're like, you know, this is cool, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, Oh, this is like dope. Like I'm actually getting traction. Well, as it got more traction and, and more traction, you know, I started to evolve and it started to evolve and the videos started to evolve. And then I started doing a little bit of talking in the videos. And then, you know, I, I would do a little bit of education stuff in the videos. And I was just talking about things that I knew, you know, I never really wanted to be somebody that was talking over my head or saying a bunch of bull crap that I didn't believe in. I've always just kind of talked about what I know. You know, if something works for me, I say, Hey, this is what I did. And this is why it worked. And as it grew and as it developed, you know, I had the first company ever to reach out. It's actually the first person to ever reach out. His name was Rick Patrick. And Rick Patrick oh, yeah. owns Monster Bass. And yeah, he yeah. At the time owned Lucky Tackle Box. And he calls me and he's like, you know, hey, dude, I want to send you a box full of baits. And uh, you can put them in your video. And I'm like, no, this is like, I was like, nobody actually wants to do this. I was like, is this a joke? And he's like, no, no, no. It's like a real company. It's like a real thing. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So send me the box of baits. So he sends me the box of baits. Well, I get this box of baits every month. Well, then I had a jig company reach out and they wanted to send me jigs. And I'm like, what is this? Like, this is weird. You know what I mean? I was like, why, why do these people want to send me things? And, and like, what is this like thing that I'm doing here that like, I'm just making videos that I want to watch on YouTube. Like, I don't even care if anybody watches them. I just want to watch them. Right. Like, why is this important to people? And so, you know, about that time for us, probably about six, five to six years ago, probably, well, six, six to seven years ago now. I don't know how long ago it's been, to be honest with you, because how long I taught for five years. So it's been a lot longer than that. It's been like eight years ago now. I went to ICAST for the first time. And Lucky Lucky Tackle Box, Rick took me down there. And Rick was a huge asset because I kind of like just glued myself to Rick's hip because I knew Rick knew more people than I did. And I knew it isn't what I know. It's who I know. Right. And me and Rick walked up and down every single aisle at ICAST. And he told me, you know, introduced me to people. I got to talking to people. And then I was also talking to other, you know, YouTubers at the time, you know. Who was there? uh, It was me, Andrew Flair, um, Walker Wilson, D Almighty, um, Lunkers TV, all those guys. All before they blew up and, you know, have turned into their own giant things. And they were all talking about being monetized. Like you got to monetize, 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 you got to monetize. I was like, what, what, what is a monetize? Do I hold a monetize in my hand? Do they send me a monetize? I was like, what is a monetize? I don't know what that is. And then like they started explaining, like you can make money on YouTube. Like we're making money on YouTube. It's like what I do for a job. And I'm like, hold up, time out. Wait just a damn second. Y'all are making money doing this? And it's like, it was at that moment my eyes got opened to like, oh, this is like a thing that I can make money at. And I could 
I don't know what this is going to look like, but I know that it's something that could help me to live my dream. And what the dream always was, was I want to fish all the time. Like, yeah. I, and, and, who on the show? That's not their dream. Exactly. And like right. who, who that is an angler doesn't look and go, you know, what do you want to do when you get up in the morning? Well, I want to go fishing. You know, there's people that say that about golf. There's people that say that about motorcycles. There's people that say about any, anything that you can think they say, well, this is what I want to do for a living. And my problem was, was I never cared about tournaments. Like I was not a tournament guy. Like, you know, the stickers on your boat and like tournament fishing and professional tournament fishing never did it for me. There was never an aspiration ever. Now, did, did I appreciate what they did? Absolutely. Now, I think those dudes are cool. Sure. Yeah, I do. I mean, I still do. And I'm friends with a lot of them now, fortunately. And I've learned a lot, you know, from like Edwin and, and all those guys. But like, I never aspired to be that. And my my aspirations and my kind of, I don't know, role models for what I thought I wanted to do in the video space was guys like Steve Irwin. Like, I thought that guy was cool. You know what I mean? I was like, I want to be this dude who just goes out and enjoys nature and does it his own way. And, and I don't have to like fit into this tournament scene. Well, it was about that, probably that next year or the year after that, they like, it all kind of started coming together for all the people, you know, the Guggen squad started coming along and, you know, all these channels started growing and the industry started shifting. And it's like, it was at that moment I was like, Oh, like if I do this right and I play my cards right and I, and I do this, how, I know I need to do this. I was like, I can truly make this my job and I'll get to get up every single morning and not actually have a job because I'm going to love what I do every single day so much that I just get to go do what I get love to do. And it was at that moment, which was probably about, I would say probably six years ago. It was right when I got into college. Um, Cause I didn't take the traditional path to college. I've worked for four, four or five years before I went back to college and I was making enough money on YouTube that it made like, it was weird. Cause I was like, I was mowing, I was doing landscaping mm. and I made enough money on YouTube that like, I didn't have to get a real job while I was in college. Cause I was making, you know, like six, $700 a week mowing grass. And that would make like another like four or $500 a month from YouTube. And I was right. like, right. you know, when you're in college, a broke college kid living in mom and dad's basement, all you got's a truck payment and a mower payment. That's you're like, yeah, you're, you know, you're living a high life. And it was like, at that moment, I was like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make this my living. And I worked literally 80 to 90 hours a week from that day until June of this past year when I finally quit my job as a teacher, you know, cause I got, I went through college, I got my degree, I became a teacher. I taught for five years and I, I financially set myself up where it made sense for me and my wife and what my future family is going to look like that I could step away from my career as a teacher and literally like, not have to take a pay cut. I actually doubled what I was making as a teacher because you oh, don't wow. do anything as a teacher. Well, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> but still. not really a you know mantle to set yourself up to too high there with education. God love it, and that that was that's my journey, dude. I mean, like, and here we are, and I mean, I'm still doing it. You know, I tell people all the time, this is not, I've not achieved anything yet. Like in my mind, I've not achieved anything. And I mean, I, I appreciate people, you know, the kind words about the fifty thousand subscribers and five million views. But for me, man, like it's upward and onward from here. You know what I mean? Like the work's <laughs> never done. And, and what's funny is I still work 80, 90 hours a week, but I love every single minute of it. Mm. And it is just the funnest thing in the whole entire world. And, you know, and I say that not to be pretentious and I say that not to make someone jealous. I just, I truly, when I get up in the morning, I'm excited to get up and like, I'm excited to be with you here tonight. Like this is not people all the time. They're like, Oh, thank you for coming on and thing. I'm like, no, this is not a burden to me. Like, I love this. This is my job. Like I get to hang out with you and talk kayak fishing and like, it's just dope. And like, so man, that's the journey. I mean, that's, that's, that's how I got to where I'm at. You know, it's a little obviously abbreviated in half a day and there was a lot of hard work in there in, in between all that time. But that's, that's essentially kind of how 
my mind got molded around the idea of I want to do this for a living. And, and it just grew and grew and grew. And just, I, I, I don't know, man, I, I, I don't, there's no secret bullet. There's no silver bullet I can give you other than I just worked and I'm just, oh, uh, yeah. just no, continue to work. You know what I mean? I, you know, it, we all hear the the stories out there. Um, oh, this person like blew up overnight. They had one video that goes viral. That's not my story yeah. at all. Yeah. I've been grinding two years last week is when I started my YouTube channel mm-hmm. and I'm at 13, five, but it has been grind yeah. and just putting in the work, putting in the hours with now, you know, little return on the front end, yeah. just hoping that someday. And it wasn't for me, it wasn't, it really took off when I decided kind of like you, mm-hmm. this is going to be like, a, I'm going to treat it like a part-time job because mm-hmm. I have, I have a full-time job. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it all the attention. So when my wife goes to sleep every night, I'm, I'm editing, Yep. right? I'm up early going fishing before work. Yep. Anytime I got a free minute, I'm on a computer editing or, or do, doing something like that. Um, but so I hear you there and yeah. uh, it's compounding over time. So that's exciting. Yep. But uh, hey, yep. if you guys are listening in, this is supposed to be an interactive show. I love hearing, you know, you know thanks for sharing, Alex. Um, if you got a question, go and throw it up there. I'll start it. If we're in the middle of a conversation, I'll come back to it. Um, but uh, yeah, so please just maybe even like put giant words, some giant letters like question so I can kind of identify it. Sometimes conversations kind of go off the rail and you guys aren't talking about anything that we're talking about, which is totally fine. I love that. Um, you guys are doing that over there. Um, but got a question for you. There's a lot of things I want to talk about tonight. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about something that I've never talked about on my show. This is episode 12. Mm-hmm. And that is, I saw you got a video called apps you use for fishing. Mm, yeah. And yeah. we've never, I've never even, we, we always talk kayaks, right? It's the easiest mm-hmm. thing when you have someone who has a kayak and we might get there if we have time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what are the apps that you use? Cause there are a smorgasbord um, out there. Um, so uh, let me actually open up my phone real quick and I'll, I'll actually go to my fishing folder and we'll go through them of uh, what I've got. So the first few are all weather related. Okay. Um, Cause I mean, I don't care if, what you're doing, knowing what the weather's going to do and knowing what the weather has been and where it's going, I think is like one of the most key factors into catching fish. Um, whether, I, so I've got this weird philosophy about fish. So I know fish live underwater, duh. Um, but it's like a lot of people think that like weather doesn't adversely affect fish. But the more that I fish and the more that I spend time outdoors, the more I realize just how sensitive fish actually are to changes in barometric pressure, sun, moon, rain, influx of any sort of like little, like if the, if there's anything and like the fish can predict something's coming weeks before we can. And I think it's just instinct. You know what I mean? Like I know they have dumb little brains, but it's just like a deer in the woods or my chickens. I got chickens, pet chickens, like my pet chickens two weeks before we had that like epic freeze that moved through the whole entire country. Right. They were eating everything they could get their mouths on. Before it ever even got cold and like two weeks before that epic cold moved in, I was catching fish like crazy. And it's like they were eating everything they could get their mouths on. And so I think weather is super important. So I've got the weather channel. I got AccuWeather and then I've got a tide alert, which I only use when I'm near tides. But I actually got that um, by recommendation of a buddy of mine who is a guide, a red fishing guide. But what's really cool about tide alert is that it gives you the moon phase as well as how the moon phase is affecting the tide. And sunset, sunrise, a bunch of different kind of things that sometimes it's hard to find um, on some of the weather apps. Um, I got the TVA app, which may be kind of unique to me or anybody that lives in northern Alabama, um, Mississippi, Kentucky, because TVA is who controls all the dams around here. That's the Tennessee okay. Valley Authority. And so that app tells us discharge rates on the dams, how much current they're pulling, how much water that's coming into the lake, which for us, I mean, current is everything here. These fish thrive on current. And like the lake I was fishing today, 
you know, that has a giant drawdown. And so they draw it down, that lake down 25, 30 feet. And today while I was there, they dropped the water like another two feet while yeah. I was on the lake, which is probably one of the reasons the bike kind of died on me today. But that, that app is pivotal to things that I do around here. And that's also super big whether I'm like river fishing or creek fishing. Right. Um, because if I'm fishing below a dam discharge and they're about to open up like six gates <laughs> on the bad boy, <laughs> I want to know that because it might affect how the fishing is going to go that day. Might so, affect a lot of things. Yeah, exactly. So that's a big one. Um, then the Navionics app, I have that one. It's not as good as it used to be because there's like a subscription model now for it. There still is a free version of it. Um, but I use the um, Lake Master app now because I have my hummingbird like mapping that I can kind of cross cross correlate with that and it right. Bluetooth to my graphs and all that on my boat. Um, and then on X, that's a big one. Mm -hmm. I love that app. That's for finding spots, right? Yeah, it's for finding spots. But the biggest thing that it is the best for is knowing public and private boundaries. Mm. And so that allows me to, you know, Hey, if I pull up to a bridge, I pull up on X and I'm like, okay, so as long as I took close to this bridge, I can throw my kayak off here and go fish in this Creek. And if I get out on this person's property, well, that his name's, you know, Winston Churchill. And like, I know that's Winston Churchill's land there. It's like, you know, I try to do my best to never, you know, encroach on anybody's private property, but that on X is huge. Just knowing where you stand. That's like their catchphrase is literally knowing where you stand mm -hmm. as far as what's public, what's private. And it's helped me to find some really, really sneaky public boat ramps. Um, you know, like some of them aren't even boat ramps. They're just like mud slicks into the water, but still, when you're kayak fishing, especially, you know, obviously I can't take my boat there, but like when I'm in the kayak, I found some sneaky stuff exploring on Onyx. So it's a really, a really cool app. And then is there uh, a subscription on that. There is, I think it's, uh, I can actually tell you, I think it's 11. Yeah. It's $11 a month Okay. or you can buy like a yearly subscription for it. Um, but I've got like the big one. I think the $11 covers the whole entire continental U S plus Alaska and Hawaii. And so like if I'm in Georgia or Alabama or Louisiana or anywhere, I can go find, you know, I can look and go, oh, that's not public. That's actually private or whatever. So that I know where I'm at. You know what I mean? I know what's going on. So I don't get in trouble. Um, and then other than that, um, I've got about six apps from six different states that I've gone to. So that I have my fishing license in, in <laughs> all those states. Uh, other than that, that's kind of, I've kind of cleaned it up from what I used to. I used to use a few different ones. I used to use uh, the Angler app quite a bit and just got away from using that because it just wasn't like what I needed and kind of became cumbersome for me. Um, and then obviously we've got tourney X and, and fishing chaos for when I want to fish a kayak tournament. So other than that, man, that's, that's kind of my big apps that I use consistently for fishing. And a lot of it just has to do with, you know, weather conditions and water conditions and kind of right. what's going on. Cause TV apps cool. Cause it too, it'll give you a uh, temperatures for there's a bunch of different sensors that they have in the lakes around here. And I can actually check the water temperature before I get to the lake on some of these lakes, which is oh, cool. that's helpful. Yeah. So we got a question from Ben. What do you use to check your barometric pressure forecasts? So the best app that I've found for that is AccuWeather. AccuWeather's barometric pressure is spot on. Then Weather Channel is not far behind it. But what's cool about AccuWeather is it it takes a bunch of different data points from a bunch of different apps. So it actually uses Weather Channel as well as local stuff, and it like conglomerates it all into one thing um, so that you can look at it. And I'll tell you another one. I actually forgot about this one was Bass Forecast, which is I, so I don't know the I don't know the relation. I could actually ask the owner, but I know that Bass Forecast uses AccuWeather, and Bass Forecast also does the same thing where it pulls like a conglomeration of a bunch of different data points, like data's like data sets from a bunch of different weather apps, yeah. and puts them all on one. Um, and they have a really good weather and barometric set as well. Yeah. All so, right. Yeah. You know, one of the apps that you talked about uh, on X that's important because to watch one of your videos. <laughs> 
if you're on the wrong property, things can go bad. But I didn't actually watch this video because I wanted you to explain it. Mm. Where some guy threatened to kill you. Oh god, dude. Oh, <laughs> this god. is an old video. It's one of your most popular, second yeah. most popular. Yeah. And I've never I've never seen it. So I want you to lay it on me. Yeah. So uh essentially what happened that day is we were fishing a tournament. I started out at one ramp. It sucked. I told my buddy, I said, Hey, listen, there is a river float that we can do that won't take us a tremendous amount of time. It'll take us like three, four hours at most. And I said, we can go knock this river float out and see if we can put some fish on the board because I was just sucking it up in this kayak tournament. But he says, all right, cool. So we get down there. I call my wife and tell Bethany. I was like, hey, we're going to do this section of this float. And I said, can you just come pick us up at this other boat ramp when I call you? And she said, yeah, absolutely. That's fine. Because, you know, it's only like a five-minute drive from the boat ramp. But, the you know, float takes like four hours. You know how that works. It's it's weird. But um, so we go fishing. We're fishing. Tournament day ends. We're going to this boat ramp, the second boat ramp to meet my wife. Well, as I'm pulling up to this, <laughs> as I'm pulling up to this boat ramp, I see this dude in the water, like waist deep water, like flailing around and he's yelling and carrying on. So I kind of slow down. I tell my buddy, I'm like, dude, listen, I don't know what's going on down here. I was like, this dude's probably high or I don't know what's going on or mentally ill. I was like, I have no idea. I was like, I'm just not even. I was like, just stick close. Let's try to separate ourselves from the situation. Let's let's get out of here as soon as we can. So as I start pulling up, the guy notices me, this guy in the water. He runs up on this little boat dock and lays down on the boat dock with his arms and is just laying there like, oh, and I'm just like, oh, God, this is going to be fun. So I pull up there and I'm just kind of keeping my eye on him more than anything. Like I'm not interacting with him. I'm trying to just separate myself from the situation. And I pull up there and he goes, uh, he goes you got a gun on you? Oh my gosh. And I'm just like, I just don't even say nothing. Like, I'm just like, just keep on doing my thing. He goes, you know, today's a great, great day to die. And I was like, okay. I was like, I was like, I was like, I was like, okay. And so I just keep doing my stuff. Cause I'm thinking, Alex, if you don't interact with the guy, then you won't give him the reaction he wants and you won't give him a reason to say or do anything to you. So I get all my stuff together and I, I pull my kayaks up. I mean, probably, I would say a good 50 yards away from this ramp and away from this person. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like I'm away from this guy. Yeah. Averted. Averted. Like, well, he, he starts meandering towards us. And as he starts meandering towards us, you know, he is talking about, it's a great day to die. You know, that he wants us to kill him. He wants, you know, he wants me to kill him. Please shoot me. Please kill me. Blah, 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 blah. Well, I think little did this guy know, I've always got a gun on me. I mean, I take a gun pretty much Tennessee. everywhere I go. Come yeah. on. <laughs> Welcome to the free state of Tennessee. We all have guns and we will shoot the shit out of you. Um, and so, so I've got my gun and it finally, and I actually don't show this in the video just because I didn't, number one, want to get demonetized, but number two, I just didn't think it was appropriate. And, uh, We'll, uh, we'll we'll knock out a few cuss words here because I did say a few uh, cuss words. In fact, the guy finally got probably 20 yards away from me. And he's go, he goes, if you don't kill me, I'm going to kill you. Whoa. And when he said that, the whole game changed for me. Oh, yeah. And I, I told him, I said, dude, do not make me do something I don't want to do. I said, but if you get any closer to me, I said, I will fucking kill you. And he goes, it was, it was like something in that moment is in his – drug induced brain he stopped and it's like it clicked enough for him that I, he was like oh this guy like will kill me like he's like told me he'll kill me and at that moment he didn't want to die anymore and he just wow. goes me meandering down towards the water and he's like in the water like in the so he goes back and he gets in the water and at this point we pull the kayaks of another like 100 yards away from this boat ramp or so we're like you gotta imagine this big like 150 yard drive down into this boat ramp and we're literally standing on the road 
as far away from this guy as I can possibly get, just trying to separate myself from the situation because Bethany's not here, not at the boat ramp yet. Right. And so that's kind of not helping to see that because we can't get away from him. You know what I mean? And so I tell my buddy, I was like, man, I'm going to go ahead and call the cops. I was like, I'm not, you know, not normally one to do this. I was like, but this guy is in waist deep, 50 degree water. And the current is, you know, rolling two, three miles an hour. I was like, if this guy slips, he's gone. I said, he's right. going to drown to death, die hypothermia. I was like, and I don't care if he's high and I don't care if he's mentally, and, and God forbid if he's mentally ill and he does this, you know what I mean? And it's like, I don't want him to die. So I call the cops. I tell him what's up. And so cops like, all right, we'll be there in a minute. About this time, Bethany pulls up. I get in the car to go with Bethany. I leave my buddy Jacob standing there, unfortunately. He's like, you're going to be good. He's like, I'm good. <laughs> I was like, if he comes up here, just leave the kayaks and get away from him. And so we go to get the other car. Well, I get in my car and I'm driving back and my buddy Jacob calls me. I said, hey, dude, what's up? I said, you good? He said, dude, you're not going to believe what just happened. And I was like, okay. He said, dude, the cops pulled in. And as soon as the guy saw the cops, he ran off the end of the boat ramp and he dived into the water head first. Whoa. So you got to imagine, though, this water is like three feet deep. Right. So he dives off and smashes his face on the bottom of the of the the bottom of the river there. And he said that the dude just floated up face down and started floating down the river. No. So by the time I got there, rescue squad, fire department, the rescue boat, helicopters, they're all there. Like, and I've got all this on video. It's insanity. And like, they're all trying to get the guy and they're trying to find the guy. And I don't know what happened to him. Uh, the the last thing that I heard was a buddy of mine that works for the rescue squad said um, that they got him out of the water. That he knew that much, but he didn't know if he was dead or alive. The crazy, it's insanity. Crazy story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you dive head first, you break your neck. It'd be in, game over in fifty in fifty degree water. That too, with the current moving two three miles an hour. Like he was floating so fast that like when he hit the water, he was you know, 200 yards down the, down the Creek before anybody could grab him. Ugh. It's craziness, dude. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, you don't want that. No, he's <laughs> always, no. Yeah. I hopefully Woo! last time someone threatens to kill me. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's hope so. Oh man, man. All right. Let's look over here. You got all kinds of, I'm, I'm, I've been like so enthralled in your story. I've been paying attention to <laughs> managing all the questions here. We do have some questions. Um, let me see. Let me see. All right. Whoa, you guys have been talking. All right, RGM, you guys are both on board for the Knucklehead KBF thing, right? <laughs> Take it up. We were talking about that. It's actually yeah. supposed to be my announcement next week, but the cat's going to be out of the bag right now. I was like, you're part of that, right? We're fishing against each other. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I, I thought it was. So for those of you that know, the KBF Knucklehead series is um, a bunch of guys you probably know. Chad Hoover, Fluke Master, Alex, myself, fishing with Gramps. He's on tonight. There he is. We and more. The team's actually growing, and so what we're doing is four each. Myself, I'm doing four one-month tournaments, and mine's going to start May, June, July, and August. Those are my four months, and so you'll, you can sign up on KBF Fishing Chaos. Sign up to be part of any one of these teams that you want to. You can actually sign up to be a part of all of them with a chance to win a spot to fish on, say, Team Windle. If you want to lose, Team Rudd uh, or any of the other. <laughs> that, that I'm not going to deny that. Like, to be honest, you're probably going to lose if you connect yourself with me. We're, we're, we're fishing fluke master. I think we're all we're all about to lose. Uh, here's um, the deal, too, is you might get threatened to be killed by somebody if you go fishing against me. Too. So, I mean, there's that possibility. True. Risky yeah. business. Choose yeah. your choose your teams carefully. Um, oh, look, uh, Fishing with Gramp said, and this would be awesome. Chad caught out Christine Fisher tonight to join us. That would be freaking rad. I love yeah. that. Um, but you're going to win a spot. So every month, if you win that tournament for the month, you win a spot on our team. And there's going to be a total of five of us. So myself and four others 
whoever won May, June, July, August. And then on Veterans Day weekend, we're all going to travel down to Lake Gunnersville and basically have a boondoggle tournament for a weekend where we all get together. I fish against Team Rudd, Flukemaster, Hoover, always win a prize, a uh, $10,000 prize pack right now. And so if this continues to grow, that continue to grow. Um, and it's really just a, I think, I mean, it could get large where we do like a fan fish off. I know Chad's going to talk about that next week. I don't know a whole lot about that yet. And then there's going to be, it's just, it's going to be a lot of fun. So you're going to hearing a lot of, a lot of guys and girls around YouTube talking about this. Um, Cause I know that um, Chad's team and Gene's team, they start in February and they're kicking it off soon. And so Alex and I are smart because we're like, okay, for those who didn't make it on team Chad Hoover and, and Gene, whoever else starts it early, you still have a chance. I think you have the best chance with me since I have like the smallest group of people who are part of the community, right? So if you want a real good chance of going down there and being a part of the team, sign up for my team. Come on. Come on now. If, I have one I have one person signed up so far. It's gonna be great. You want to be as lost in all this as I am and have a chance to go fishing, join my team. We'll go find a creek and bang around in it together. <laughs> the cool thing is you don't have to you don't have to be kayak fishing in these tournaments. You can fish from the bank. Oh, that'd be cool too. Yeah. Dude, look at that. Even Tamarack anglers. Lost in tackle. Even look, fishing. So you say, saying there's a chance. So you're telling me there's a chance. Diggs, come on, Diggs. Love to have you join. So this will be good. This should be fun. Uh, so I'm pumped about that. So I got a question for you. Literally, I was earlier this week, I was walking down the aisles of, I think, Dick's Sporting Goods. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was like, oh man, those Gillies look sweet. Mm -hmm. I don't own any of these guys. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing a little research trying to figure out color and pop. And here comes a video that I was on Google. I was like, oh, you know, what, what colors are the best? Trying to figure out how to hook them and stuff like that. And I saw that you had two videos on it. So I was like, you know what? Mm -hmm. I'm going to I'm gonna be done doing my research mm -hmm. because you're on the show later this week. And I'm just going to ask you. Yeah. So tell me about the Berkeley Gilly. I want to hear all about it. It's weird. It's a weird bait. Uh, really, like it's a strange little thing. Like I, I have figured out a few different ways to fish it. Um, one way, way more successful than the others. And that way is completely weightless. And hooking it through the eye like or through the nose like you would hook a live bluegill. Like if you were going to take a bluegill and, you know, fish it as a piece of live bait, you know, normally you want to hook that live bait, like right through that little like nose hole that most right. fish have and it leaves, leaves them alive for a long time. I was actually practicing for the Hobie on Chickamauga and I went back in this pocket and Bailey was back there, my buddy Bailey. And, uh, he called and he said, dude, I found some fish back here and I cannot seem to get them to bite. And I said, if you try to wacky rig, he said, yeah, they want to eat the wacky rig. I said, well, I got something. And I said, I'm going to come over there and I'm going to try it. I'm going to see, I'm going to see how it does. So I go over there with this ghillie and first I hook it in the back, toss it out there. It doesn't do exactly what I want it to. So then I hooked it through that little, like what you would hook it, like a piece of live bait. Right. And I toss it out there and it sets on top for just a second. And then it's just like the, the hook has enough drag down that it kind of starts to pull it down. And as it starts to pull it down, it starts to do like this weird, like circly dying bluegill thing. It looks just like a dying bluegill. I go through there. I get like two or three bites. Boom, boom, boom. I say, okay, I'm done. I'm leaving. I'll come back here tomorrow, first day of the tournament. I'm going to bring this ghillie, and we'll see what I can do. Right. Go in there during the tournament, and about 12 other people decided to start in that pocket, too. So, I mean, you know how that goes. <laughs> and so, but I get my limit in there, throw in the ghillie. And it was like that weird bite like that. And then I took that, and I went and fished a bunch of other spots where I normally fish a wacky rig, and I, and I was getting bites on the ghillie doing that. And then I kind of expanded on the ghillie a little bit more. I took the big, the big one, the big boy, the 130 size. Uh -huh. And the way that it's meant to be, um, like, and, and by the way, the little one that I'm weightless fishing is the 90 size, little, little guy. 
Then the 130 size, the way it's meant to be fished is with a screw lock hook, and you don't hook it like you normally hook a swim bait. You hook it through the side, like you hook it side rig. So, like the bait is tall, and you run the hook through it sideways, where it lays sideways in the bait, which seems counterintuitive. But when you do hook them, you hook them right in the meat of the mouth, like every single time. It's 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 a pretty fascinating thing. Hmm. And so I'm tossing this around, and dude, I just can't get it to run right, can't get it to run right, can't get it to run right. So I thought, I there's got to be somebody out there that knows way more about this than I do. And so I get on the internet and. Uh, I didn't know this at the time, but the ghillie had been designed after a Japanese bait called the ISSE gill flat. And so these Japanese dudes being Japanese, you know how they are. I mean, they've got the weirdest little rigs and things. I mean, they're always innovating, you know, super finesse. And this guy, I didn't understand a single word he said. The, the whole video was in Japanese with Japanese subtitles, but I could, I could follow what he was doing with I the see bait. what you're doing. Right. I see what you're doing there. And so, he gave me the idea of sticking a nail weight in the belly of that ghillie to help keep it, it heal right, keep it up and down. Yeah. And dude, let me tell you something. That right there, there's a couple of just like individual bites. And this isn't like a consistent bite that I'm on. And maybe I can make it more consistent going into this next year because I really didn't discover it till right like at the end of summer going into fall. And then, you know, in fall, I focused a lot on creek fishing this year and didn't really do a lot of lake fishing. But like you skip that thing up under tree limbs or skip it up under a dock and just burn it as fast as you can and kill it. Burn it as fast as you can and kill it. And dude, like I had a three pounder and then a couple four and a half pounders. Like you burn it out, you watch them fall it right out. And as soon as they stop it, it's like they don't even stop. They just open their mouth and grab it. It keeps oh. swimming at you with it and, mm. you just, and catch them. But it, dude, it is a, it's a weird bait. It's weird. And it can do so many different things. I, I know a guy who's been flipping it and having a ton of success. I know Christine, uh, Fisher's flipped it and had a ton of success. Um, she does this weird nose rig thing that I know she had to have got from one of those Japanese channels I watched too. But see, <laughs> the exact way. Um, the, there's another kind of weird, almost uh, Nico rig presentation where you hook it through the nose and put a Nico rig weight in the belly. Okay, it makes it sit on the bottom perfectly like this, and you just oh, yeah. pop it along. I mean, I think it's one of those things, man. Like I, I don't think anybody has truly like tapped into everything that it can do, but it can do literally anything that you can. If you think you can rig it that way, rig it that way and see what the heck it does because it's just like a weird bait like that that does it's weird. <laughs> it's special like I got multi-purpose. Yeah. Have some fun with it. Yeah. yeah. Right, I'm gonna get myself. I, I'm I'm like green pumpkin guy all the way. So I saw that one. I'm like, I want that one. Oh, dude. Yeah, that one. And there's another one. It's um I can tell you when we get done. I'm the worst with remembering color names. Actually, I'll just tackle warehouse it right now while we're talking, so I can tell you. It's kind of like this shad pattern. It's like a, a bluish kind of green, weird color. And uh, it is called Blue Shiner Gold. Blue Shiner Gold is one of my favorite ones. And then the one that I caught all the fish on during that tournament on Chick when I got my limit that day was a 90 size HD pumpkin seed. That was the color I was okay. using. That's right in the middle of the road. Yep. I mean, yep. on your hand, how big is that? that um, uh, yeah, probably like that right there. Okay. He's, he's a little guy. He's like, he's the funnest one to throw. And the one, the deal with that one too is you can nose hook it and do the burning thing with a spinning rod. Just throw that like a little Nico rig weight in its belly and you can yeah. burn it out with a spinner rod and do the same exact thing. I mean, it's, it's weird, man. I think a lot of people looked at it and they thought that has one purpose and that's to be a swim bait. Swim bait, right. And when it didn't swim right straight out of the package by side hooking it, cause I don't think there was enough educational information put out there about having to like rig that thing a certain way to get it to run that way. Everybody just went, well, this is trash and we're not going to look at it this anymore mm. where I looked at it and I went, dude, that is weird Japanese stuff that I know there's some strange way to rig that. And I just got to get on YouTube and find some weird Japanese way to rig that. And that's going to be just a killer in 
a situation here sometime. It may be five years from now. It may be six months from now. But like I know at some point, that is going to be the thing you want in the boat with you that day. And mm-hmm. during that Hobie event, during that practice, I caught a 17 and a half, an 18 and a half, and another 16 in three consecutive casts with that thing and Jeez. left. Left because I thought I figured this bot out and I'm going to be able to come go back tomorrow. And play. Yeah. And I just got beat there by a bunch of guys who decided that was their spot as well. And that's kind of what happened there. But it's, it's interesting. Very interesting bait. I, I literally hear the bank accounts draining across the board. You got <laughs> going to have to try this now. Lord, now you got me want to try this. I'm going to buy one <laughs> after I get off the show. Um, <laughs> this yeah. is Jeff. Owner of usrivermaps.com. Exactly what it is. Hey, listen, if anybody wants them, go hit the links in my my bios of any of my videos. There you go. Head over there. (laughs) If you haven't headed over there yet, do so. Give my man Alex a sub. You'll like his stuff. I spent a lot of time today checking it out. You know what I noticed on your your channel? It kind of has a theme, right? Mm -hmm. You do a lot of kind of what we talked about with the apps. Mm-hmm. Um, with the seasons, mm-hmm. these are this is what I'm throwing now. This is words I'm using now, and they're really like time sensitive. Mm-hmm. So when they drop, they're going to be appropriate mm-hmm. for the majority of the U.S. during that time. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I intentionally do that sometimes, but it's just what's going on for me. You know, I mean, like what I said earlier, I just share what I've got going on, like what's anecdotal to me, because fishing is very anecdotal. But my anecdotal experience may be able to inform somebody to broaden their toolbox a little bit or deepen their toolbox, you know, their fishing toolbox to help them go catch a fish. And, you know, I'm an educator at heart, no matter what I do the rest of my life, um, go back in the classroom or not, which I probably never will. Uh, I do miss education, but at my core, I'm still an educator. And right, so absolutely. I want to teach people and I want to help people and I want to give somebody a tool so that they can go have fun and enjoy this thing that we call fishing. And so, you know, I mean, like I've been on a winter cranking bot lately and a lot of my videos have reflected that, you know what I mean? And so yeah. just the best way that I know to title and thumbnail them to make sure as many people watch them as possible and as many people are getting that information and I'm succeeding in the way that I need to succeed. And then those people can see it, see in the way that they need to succeed. It oftentimes kind of goes with the seasons, you know what I mean? It goes with what we've got going on right now and hopefully helps people a little bit. Yeah. Now I got a question here from Bill. I would imagine this is two, three and four out based on the size. Yeah. Uh, so why gap, but what's your thoughts? So it's a bunch of different ones. If you're going to side rig them, the 130 will take a four aught beast hook. Um, the 90, if you're going to do the weightless, I just use a number one size. It's an owner sniper Nico finesse hook, just owner Nico sniper finesse, hook, something like that. Um, it's their Nico hook. It's an amazing little hook. I absolutely love it. Honestly, it's the only hook because I use F- Fusion 19 now because, you know, I work with Berkeley. Um, but like, the owner beast and the owner, um, the sniper Nico are the only two hooks I still buy because they're just that freaking good. Um, so I use both of those. And then if you're doing that little nose, um, rig thing, like where you put the screw lock in and run the hook up through the nose and all that stuff, I use a one aught or two aught, um, depending on the size. If it's the 90 size, I use a one aught. If it's the 110 size, I use a two aught, the same owner sniper Nico finesse hook. And I've got a video on my channel where I rig it three different ways. And I show all three of the ways that I talked about just now on how to rig them. And they're there's some pretty cool rigs. And I mean, I, again, I won't take much credit for them other than I watched a dude from Japan do it. And I was like, I'm going to copy that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm telling you what, I have this. Um, I got into a Japanese bait, the depth cover scat. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, in spring, it what? slays. Absolutely slays. I love it. That's I awesome. love it. If you haven't seen it before, uh, I did a video on it. Depth DEPS cover scat, and it's the weirdest thing ever. But I'm telling you what, these 
a lot. I don't, there's not a lot of lures like it. So whenever I throw it, the bass mm -hmm. usually nail it. Um, so check it out if you haven't yet. I'm not going to spend a lot of time there. Um, but if you're really interested in some kind of a unique bait that maybe you haven't seen a lot, um, go ahead and check that bad boy. I got a question for you. I had uh, the Paddler's Playbook on last week, Drew and Chris. And yeah. um, I have a question for you. Yeah. <laughs> they told me to ask you, um, tell me about your run-in at Sonic and why do they give you the eye when you walk in the door? Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, they gave me zero context. <laughs> I have no clue what you're going to talk about right now, but that's the question. <laughs> so I've had two separate occasions that this <laughs> has happened. Um, I love podcasts. Okay, I love I love to listen to a podcast and I listen to a variety of podcasts. Now, when I'm traveling any amount of distance, like tomorrow, I got an hour and 45 minute drive to go beat my buddy, Mr. John Dalton, to go fishing with him. And so tomorrow I'll listen to something educational. I either listen to an audio book or I'll listen to like a podcast where I can learn something and I call it passive learning. Um, it's just something I like to do. It helps me to stay informed about things. It just helps my brain to grow. Cause that's another thing about being an educator is my slogan is be a lifelong learner. And I feel like if I'm not learning something every day, I'm not doing good enough for myself. Now, if I'm just poking around town and just like bullshitting, I'll listen to like two bears, one cave with Tom Segura and Bert Kreitcher, who are both comedians, or I'll listen to your mom's house, which is Tom Segura and his wife, Christina P, which are also both comedians. And like those types of podcasts are literally just two professional comedians doing every possible thing that they can do to make you laugh. Well, I'm at Sonic one day and I had put placed a mobile order and I'm sitting there and I'm listening and Tom Segura or Tom Segura had bought Burt Crotcher a teacup that was owned by Adolf Hitler himself. Okay, so I'm sitting there and I'm laughing and I'm having a good time because they're talking about the teacup being, you know, owned by Adolf Hitler, blah, 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 blah. Well, the girl comes walking up to me at the Sonic and I roll down my window and the about the time I roll down my window, Bert Croucher goes, oh, I love Adolf Hitler. Like Hitler had some really good ideas. And I'm just like, oh, my I was like, this cannot be. And I mean, the girl's facial expression like goes from, hi, welcome to Sonic. How are you two? What? What? Like, she's looking at me like, are you kidding me? It's like her whole face. I mean, she's like starting to get, and I mean, in Bert's just like, oh, I love, I love, yeah, Adolf Hitler. And this is Adolf Hitler, this, and yeah, the Nazis had it right. And da, 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 da. You got the look too, by the oh, way. Oh, you're fitting, you're fitting it. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Yes. And so like, I already look like, you know, it's like I'm going to burn a cross in somebody's front yard. I got that going. I got two, I got two black sisters. They're both adopted from Haiti. So I'm like, I'm not a, in any fashion. Am I a racist person? I hate racist people, but I'm a six foot white bearded guy. I got the look. And so when you walk up to my truck and I'm listening to a podcast where they're talking about Adolf Hitler having it right, even though it's a joke, literally I was mortified. And the other one, we won't get into that one, but I was at a Waggles and I was listening to Two Bears, One Cave and Christina P was talking about sticking things places and it was loud playing across the Waggles as I'm trying to fill my boat up. And I like what, what I did was I didn't turn my truck off, open my truck door and just left it open because I was going to walk back, put the gas nozzle in my boat, turn it on and then just go sit in my truck where it's warm. Right. Well, by the time I got back there, she starts telling these things. There's a lady pumping gas and I just feel her kind of like lean out around the gas pump and look at me and lean back over. So <laughs> my suggestion is don't listen to two bears one cave and or your mom's house if you're in any public place or if you are to expose yourself to the public make sure to turn your radio off i've learned that the hard way now so every time my window goes down and i'm listening to any sort of podcast or audiobook at this point i don't care what it is radio goes off wise wisdom there you go people alex rudd dropping some wisdom on you all right well we're can you believe we're at 53 minutes already it's fun. i know it's great it is fun so if you have a question for alex 
or myself, throw that in the comments. We got the lightning round. So lightning round, I ask you five questions. I always say like one word answers, but it always it always goes off the rails really fast. <laughs> Rabbit hole. <laughs> real, real quick. And I don't I don't try to bring it back. Yeah. Uh, it just is what it is. All right. So let me hear you. Question number one. Favorite part of being a content creator? Getting up every single day and doing what I love. Worst part? Nothing. Nothing. What? Literally nothing. Like, not what, I, YouTube doesn't like bother you with any of the weird stuff they do or, oh, yeah. or nothing. I, dude, at this point, I've learned to just take it. I mean, you just like, I mean, there's just like, it, it is what it is. I, yeah, I get frustrated about some of those things. And like, I'll call my buddy Ben Nowak and we bitch back and forth to each other. But at the end of the conversation, we go, you know, but it's YouTube and it's weird. And we just got to keep on putting the work in. But no, I do. I mean, but realistically, I mean, yeah, there's work, right? There's work involved in what I do. And some days, it's like by the end of the day, I'm like, okay, well, I didn't get to go fishing today. I had to sit inside all day and be on the phone with people. Like that is the work part, right? Right. And I wouldn't even call that bad because I still have fun doing that. So like, sure. I, you know, there's the worst part. The right, the, the, the kind of unfun part in all the really fun parts. <laughs> yeah. So the most unfun part for me, when it, the, the whole thing, even though it's 99% fun, is when I'm fishing and shooting a video on my kayak. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking if, if I could just be thrown right now. But you got you to shoot the video, right, on the water a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. This is where I wanted to do it. So I'm like, oh, there go. I got to give up 45 minutes. I get to give up 45 minutes. Yeah. But I just know, like, the biggest fish of my life just swimming around my kayak is laughing uh, at me. I absolutely. just know it. Absolutely. Hey, let's answer a question real quick because this guy's asked it twice, and I want to answer it because I have a really good answer. All right, what's that? Guy said it's the best waterproof kayak gear. We'll give you a – this is a brand-new thing from Plano, and it's Plano's new – dry bag that they have and it is i'm going to tell you the exact name of it so you guys can go check it out and i use them in my kayak and honestly it's the best because it's not a hard case it's not boxy but it's still completely waterproof so that you don't have like this big hard thing that's like taking up a bunch of space and being cumbersome but you also still have waterproof it's the plano stow wall bags they've got this big heavy duty heavy duty heavy duty um waterproof zipper on them and they're just big like plastic bags and I have two of them in the kayak, one that I put like all my like electronic valuable stuff that I don't want to get ruined. And the other one is like a day bag for all of my plastics and line and and scissors and all that kind of stuff. But they make two different sizes and I use the deluxe XL size, the Mothin. They're actually on sale right now for $29.99 on Tackle Warehouse. So if you want to go check them out, go do that. Well, there you go. I got that question here. We'll go to that. We'll go to questions here. I got a bunch piling up. Oh, this get the sweatshirt from. Yeah, they're not talking about mine. Mine's just black. They're discontinued. I'm sorry. This is actually a company that AFCO owns called Marshware, and uh, they made this shirt for a while and then discontinued it. So I, I know this is like the dopest sweatshirt ever because I love old school duck camo, and uh, I wish I'd have got like four of them because it's super comfortable and like one of my favorite sweatshirts. But unfortunately, they don't make it anymore. Right on. Hey, uh, something Phil says. Thank you for answering this question. Welcome back. Uh, I don't know what this means, Stephen. Alex, you're overrated on Chatterbaits, right? Overrated on chatterbaits? Mm, no, they're highly underrated. Like they're like the best. A bladed jig is amazing. Mm. You need to buy bladed jigs. You need. And here's the deal. Everybody's like, "Oh, you're gonna say slobber knockers the best?" No, they're all good. Jackhammer slobber knocker, mini max. I've got jackal break blades. I, I mean, yes, dude, that mini max is is something special. Like it really, really is. So yeah, yeah, no, have I have a bunch of bladed jigs. Slobber knocker is really good for this time of year. Like if you're wanting to throw a bladed jig right now, cold water slobber knocker is the bomb. Mm. But like when we start getting into different times of the year, I've got a bunch of different bladed jigs I like to throw. Because I am ready. Look at him. He's I went the best. I went the best pro. I'm, I am ready. Z-Man's I got for cool. the for the first time. I'm rocking out a micro. The micro's cool. The micro's cool. You'll like that mini max too. It's interesting. Wait till you throw it. It fishes like a lipless. 
crankbait. It's really weird, but you're going to like it. Okay. Yeah, it's cool. It's really cool. All right, we got this. Patrick, how do you store your kayak? I'll let you go, then I'll go, because I got like, I just did a video on this, so I'm like hot. Ready I to got go. a uh, 28 by 35 um, steel building outside that my boat is in with all my kayaks in it, too. So, Dude, I was about to ask you that. Literally, one of my questions was, I'm getting ready to put something in my back. It, it started out as like, oh, I want a barn to store all my stuff, and now it's grown into the size of metal building that you got. So we got to talk sometime because I want one, but I don't know what I'm looking at. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk to The one I got is actually super affordable. I only paid $7,700 for it. Oh, chill out. Yeah, so like it's not like people think they look at my bill and they're like, what was that, like sixty grand? I'm like, no, it's 7700 bucks plus the the gravel that it sits on and like 200 bucks for the electrical. So it's awesome. Nice. I'll, I'll talk to you all about it. It's awesome building. Yeah. Uh, Steven said he lives by the Plano factory. They were $2 today. Hey. Man. Make some, make some friends real fast. That's right. Uh, Chatterbaits. Late season dynamite, my neck of the woods, wildfowl fowler must be your last name. Um, where are you from? What is your neck of the woods? I want to hear it. Uh, we had another question on here. Maybe we didn't. I don't know. All right. Oh yeah, we got to go back to our our lightning round. Like I said, it's kind of like a. I think we're on. Favorite. Let's do this one. Favorite type of content to make. What's your favorite video type of video to make? The creek fishing stuff, man. I was talking to my buddy about that earlier. I'm I'm in love with that right now. Like that is my when summer roll as soon as it gets warm enough that i can put on a pair of shorts and go get in a creek i literally am spending all summer in a creek is it is it like is your buddy john john will probably be there knowing john john here's what i love about john is john is as crazy as i am and so like me and him will go on a like 13 hour bender up some little podunk creek you've never even heard of before to try to catch a fish and like he's the only guy that'll send it with me like I want to send it. And so, yeah, John will probably be with me on a lot of these adventures. Cause we've got mine and his uh, Google earth. Both, both looks like you. I mean, here I'm going to make y'all just laugh real quick. Cause I show people this all the time. So when you uh, zoom out on the state of Tennessee, I mean, you tell me whether you think I got a few fishing spots marked or not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's mostly streams and rivers. Yeah, rivers, streams, public access points, little lakes, ponds, just any anything that I think that I could go catch a fish on, I've marked it on there. Man, you know, I, when, when I had John on the show a couple of weeks ago, um, he was talking me into it because I, I, a lot of the lakes and ponds around me, they get um, over like saturated with people and everyone gets all upset because you were, I don't know, whatever it is, they feel like the distance you should be from them that particular day. Yeah. And it's just kind of like kind of a bit stressful. Mm -hmm. And so I like the idea of I me mean, because you were, you were rolling on a Crescent Sholey and then you <laughs> got quite the hole in your Hobie. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is a that yeah. story. Yeah. Yeah. What happened? Uh, I, I'm, I, uh, like, how'd you get the hole? I know you, I, I watched part of the video too. Like uh, I'm, I'm taking on like 20 gallons of water, but do you, no, do you have a theory? Uh, it's a problem. It's a problem they all had. So my local dealership sold 20 something like 26 or 27 Hobie PA 14, 360 drives in 2021. Yeah. And every single one of them, they had to warranty for hole issues. It was just a bad batch. It's just a bad batch. And so mine, what happened was there is a tube, a, a hard plastic tube that runs through the back scupper and it that separated from the wall of my kayak and created about an inch long by, well, like a six inch long by like maybe a quarter inch long. Literally like it looked like somebody had like peeled the plastic up and the water was just dumping in there. I don't know how to, I don't know how it formed. People were like, "It's because you were dragging it on rocks." That's what a kayak's made for. I mean, Hobie's not like thin. 
No, they're yeah. I mean, it's a it's a five thousand dollar kayak. I should be able to drag it on some rocks. <laughs> like, you can so, drag it for about a few miles and still be fine. Yeah, and so then I got the Sholey. Drew Gregory got me hooked up with that thing. Love that man, and uh, I love love that Sholey. I have beat the this dog piss out of that thing, and it is just keep it just keeps on rolling. Like it's yeah. just going hard as it went the day that I got it. Uh, I need to get down there. I need to get to, I need to find like a buddy. Right, you can't do river fishing by yourself. No, no, you got to have real a, difficult. Yeah, you got to have a picker upper. Uh, luckily, my wife is my picker upper for a lot of my creek ex- exploitations around the house. There you go. But, but like speaking, tomorrow, it has to be me and John because we're doing a float. So, all right. Well, speaking of wife, my, mine upstairs, she she makes an entrance. Here we go. Are you in Knoxville? Lived there five years for, well, me and her got married. Miss it. Lots of beautiful fishing places. Where are you at? That's exactly where I'm at. I'm in, are you in Knoxville. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in Knoxville. down there. Yeah. Dude, come on down. We're yeah. coming down in March. Oh, then pff, <laughs> we're going fishing. <laughs> All right. It. I will be, I will be in touch. All right. Here we got dots. I think I should probably read these before I put them up here. Darren's going to do more moving water fishing, lake fishing. No, I'm not because all my, I'll do some more. I think uh, I, I got to stick to my local lake. I still got young family. I got a seven and a five-year-old. So um, kind of keep me close. Can't be gone for long periods of time. All right. I got a couple more questions for you. If you get, we're, we're coming into the 11th hour here. Uh, if you got a question for, Alex, go ahead and throw that in there. What? Here we go. Favorite fishing YouTube channel to watch? Man, that's such a hard question because I don't watch fishing YouTube. Uh, you don't see it's so funny. I was talking to Burley Fishing, and Jeff is like, I don't, I don't watch anything. Yeah, any I, don't. Like, I don't. Japanese Japanese videos that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you don't follow one person. Like you'll look something mm-hmm. up and watch it if you're trying to find an answer to something, but you don't follow one person. Yeah, no, nah, man, dude, I watch uh, I watch a lot of YouTube about a lot of other things, right? Like Mav is probably my favorite YouTube content creator of all time. I love his style, I love his videos, just everything that that dude's got going on is is awesome. Um, but as far as like fishing YouTube goes, I'll tell you how my fishing YouTube watching goes. I opened Ben's video, Bailey's video, John's video, my buddy Josh Sharp's video, um, probably your videos now that I know you. And I open up all the videos of all the other content creators that I'm like buddies and friends with. Like, in like, I open up all their videos, I put them all on mute, and I hit play on every single one of them while I'm editing. <laughs> so it plays all the way through all of their ads and everything, and it helps to build their watch time. And that is how I watch fishing. I love you. Yes. I love you. Yep. So if you want to love your content creator. If they put out like an hour long video and you don't have the time, just hit play and walk away. That's right. I mean, like I tell people all the time, like I get you guys are so busy, but like if you're working in your office and you can't watch my video, just put it on the background and silence it because it helps me out. It helps. <laughs> the, the algorithm must feed people. It's got to yeah. feed. It's hungry. Yeah. Yes. Uh, here's a question. Austin Tackle, Nashville, late June. Is there a, a place? Now this is kind of, this is a teetering on giving away a honey hole, but if you have a place. Feel free to share. Nashville, late June. Mm, I don't fish out that way a lot, to be honest with you. I always head south. So, like, I've spent a lot more time on Chickamauga. I've only been to Del Hollow once, and I didn't even fish it. I've drove by Center Hill, but never actually fished there. Um, Like, all those places out there, I've never spent a lot of time. So, I really don't know. I can't. I wish I could give you an answer, but I don't know. Well, I appreciate the answer you got. Yeah, I'm never really down there, so I can't help you out at all. But, folks... We are at the end of our time, even though I know we could probably go for another hour or two or maybe even three. I'm just going to have to have Alex come back on the show. If you have not yet done it, head over to his channel, hit that sub, check out his content. It's great. And now you know him. You know a lot of his stories. If you haven't, hit the like button on this video. Once again, help me out. Get some extra reach on the replays on this bad boy. But guys, I'll see you next week with Chad Hoover. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that Necklehead series. I'm thinking you can be a part of. 
Thanks for chiming in, everybody. I'll see you next week. 